Welcome to BusinessWorks. This is Hal Alpiar along with Johnny Stites and our special guest today who is the owner, operator, general manager of Trademark Printing in Cookville. And uh, this is Tom Short who's going to be with Tom. You want to say good morning or good, good afternoon or good evening or whatever time Good afternoon, is. Hal. And how are you, Johnny? Good to see you. Good to have you here, Tom. Looking um, forward to visiting with you. Thank you. Yeah, Johnny and I have been talking. We had some questions for you, and we'll just kind of pick your brain a little because we're interested in your take on a number of things regarding small business, and we're also talking to professional practice people as well. Because you have the opportunity, your business serves really every other kind of business, and so you are with a printing business and the other uh, services that you offer, mailing services and statement rendering and all that sort of thing, you are able to have a better overview than a lot of other businesses that are dealing with one specific type of customer. So we're curious really when when did you start this business and how, when and let's say where did you do it and how did you do that and um, has Mary, your wife, always been your business partner? Um, you know, well, no, this – the, it, you're going pretty far back, and um, to to start quickly, I was in the restaurant business until oh, I was okay. uh, my early 40s, uh, and I came to town to run the country club when it was a country club here. And then um, at some point, a fellow came to my door and said he had this print printing business and was uh, going to have to leave town. And was I interested in buying it? And Three weeks later, it was ours, and it's been there now twenty years. So you better. It must be a big relief to be in the printing business instead of restaurant business. I would imagine that's a, <laughs> it, it, it's a big change. It's much uh, better. Yes, restaurant business people have always said to me that you have to be married to the restaurant and live there a hundred percent of the time in order to succeed. Uh, so I know it's a very demanding kind of a, a job, but so is printing because you're working with a lot of deadlines. I would assume. Well, it's the nature of the beast, and it becomes more and more. But there's been a lot of consolidation, so things have changed there as well. When I first came, there were eight or nine of us here in town, and now there's uh, two or three left. And and you and you did tell me that Mary is the boss. Is that right? She is indeed. <laughs> After 40 years, you uh, you learn it or you move on. <laughs> okay. And I learned it. How was the similarity between the restaurant business and the printing business? Were there any things that you could take from one and use in the other? Absolutely. Um, the uh, attention to detail, Johnny, is probably the the biggest factor. When you're buying something and it's three or a four dollar item, and every person is evaluating what you're doing, you become hypercritical. It's much different than selling a hundred thousand dollar building to one person, and it's a big transaction, but takes a long time. The restaurant business is just the opposite. So. Printing has that same sort of nature. The size of the job is smaller, and the criticism of it is equal on each transaction. What are some of the kinds of changes that uh, you've seen, Tom, in in this area, or let's say in Middle Tennessee, in the market here that you serve? And I know you probably serve other markets as well, but this is where you're focused. So, well, the size of the job has reduced in size. Um, if you're producing a brochure, it used to be that you'd do 5000 or 10000 just because it was just about as expensive as doing a 1000 But these days, people want 50 and they want to, each one to be different, and they are, they're looking at um, how can they best spend their dollars. And so the jobs are more frequent, but they're smaller. 
Are, are the you're not doing as many print jobs these days as as you used to because of the impact of tech. Uh, no, we're doing Excuse more me, than we've mean, ever done. I mean, we'll tech. probably have our biggest year ever. So okay. total number of dollars is not what I'm talking about here in terms of value. I'm talking about the individual job the itself. The size of the job. The size of the jobs. Yeah. Okay. So we, you, I heard that you and Mary took a recent trip to Panama, um, and you came back with a Panama Jack hat and that sort of thing. Did that, <laughs> did that, produce, did that experience produce any business insights for you or prompt you to think differently about what what you're doing uh, or where, where you are right now? Well, to give you an indication, I think yesterday, I think, I haven't seen it yet, but I think I got my first Social Security check yesterday. <laughs> Congratulations. So, so we're considering life after after business as opposed to just what's going on today. Part of that is uh, I have a brother that lives in Mexico and he loves it there. He's been there six or seven years. And it's much less expensive to live in certain parts of the country than it is in others. And we're just kind of looking. And Panama was a safe haven. And uh, actually, it was a really interesting trip. It wasn't as inexpensive as I'd hoped it would be, but it, uh, it was a beautiful area. And did, uh, we had a great time. Did you experience any businesses there? What, you know, besides restaurants, I'm sure. But, I mean, uh, in a hotel or whatever. I wasn't looking at it from a business standpoint. All right. I didn't see a whole lot um, going on. It's a tough economy there as it is everywhere. Um, right. And it's U.S. dollars, so they're really, I mean, it's not like going to Mexico where it's 19 pesos. This is straight dollar for dollar, so it, there was no real advantage. It was just sightseeing. What, what advice, Tom, would you have uh, based on what you see with your customer flow and the – um, general input over the years that you could offer to uh, a new business that's just starting out, um, and and maybe that's just a young person right out of school, or maybe it's a retiree who's who's tired of Social Security checks <laughs> and wants to come back into the business world and start up a store or a service of some kind. Something that's on my heart is that you know we've changed the way we look at education, and we we have sold out to the fact that. Without a college degree, to a certain extent, you can't maximize your your revenue over your lifetime. And I don't think that's correct. And I think um, the schools are starting to see that, you know, we've, we've lost a lot of that trade-type attitude where, you know, as opposed to Europe or somewhere like that where craftsmen, whether they're in an automobile trade or whatever they're doing, are well-paid and they execute well. We we need to get back to that a little bit, I think. Yeah, we just talked a recent show. Johnny had mentioned, uh, uh, and I've repeated this already a few times with others, but that little scenario you painted for us with uh, the students that you ran into and the, right in that situation, maybe. Well, briefly, I was at uh, Nashville State Tech, which is uh, a school, uh, community college, and they have a. TCAT there also, Tennessee College of Applied Technology. And there was about 10 or 12 students standing around. I was going through as a member of the Tennessee Board of Regents, mm -hmm. just reviewing the school, seeing what was going on. They always want to show you all the different things they're doing. And I went over to this group of students, and when there was a lull in our visit, I said, so what are you all doing here? Ah, we're just here for a welding class. I said, really? Is that a pretty good career? I don't guess we're just going to be welders. I said, well, let me give you some statistics. I said, if you were a teacher with a college degree 
and a master's degree from a college, and you taught in Tennessee for 40 years, you'd make about $45,000. You can walk out of this class day one as a certified welder and make over 60000 the first year. And if you really apply yourself and learn to do it well, you can be in a six-figure income. You think that's a pretty good career? <laughs> well, yeah, I guess it is. I said, then get in that class and hammer it. Don't just get through it. Don't just act like that this is a setback or a fallback position for you. Get in there like this is the best opportunity you've ever had in your life, and let's go. We're going to take a quick break here. This is uh, uh, Hal and Johnny with our guest, Tom Short, and we will be right back. Don't go away. Welcome back to Business Works. This is Hal Alpiar along with Johnny Stites and our guest today, Tom Short, with Trademark Printing. Tom, um, why? I'm curious why some people would consider your services, for example, when they might see less expensive items um, or printing services or other kinds of products from companies like Vistaprint or Amazon. And how do you deal with that kind of competition? Because those are big organizations. And here you are in Cookville. So maybe you could tell us a little bit about where you're headed with your business and why, what, what makes it different. You know, I think there is some comfort in, in big box stores and that sort of thing, and people think that there's a level of competency there, but I would probably argue at that point we have some of the most talented folks around working at Trademark, and uh, and so we end up with folks that walk in that really need the benefit of just a little bit of hand-holding and, um, and professionalism, and so... We sell the fact that everything you do is marketing, that everything you do is um, not just dollars and cents, but it's effectiveness. And so when, when you create a piece and it works and people and you mail it and people get good returns on it, then it's money well spent. So it's really return on investment. You brought up a word there that really rang a bell for me, hand-holding. You know, and that is the big difference between small businesses and these monster organizations. How does that translate in terms of the services you provide? Well, I mean, almost everybody um, these days, is, especially in small businesses, and that's basically what we do is business-to-business work, uh, the small businesses – need an image and they need they need to project it and they need it consistent and they need it frequently so that's what we try to do is we try to assist them by sometimes saying no and you know this is a business card it's not a 12 page advertisement so we're looking for a look but we're also looking to guide that business to spend its money wisely as opposed to just going out there because they know that they need to I wanted to ask you about, we were talking a couple of weeks back about an elevator speech, mm-hmm. you know, that one 30-second diatribe of what it is you do when people ask you that in the elevator. What does yours sound like? Well, Johnny, I haven't been in B&I for a while. <laughs> and, you know, they, they, make you, they make you have that elevator speech. But if it were me and it was 10 seconds, I would say that, you know, we, we put your best out there. Regardless of the type of businesses, we try to encapsulate it. You know, we focus what you're doing on to make you as effective as possible, and we do it relatively inexpensively. 
So for from your vantage point, it's the same issue, whether you're talking about a greeting card or thanking a customer or a calling card or something you're printing that's a brochure type thing. Or a political campaign. I mean, they all they all have the same issues. What are we projecting? How do we project it? And how do we most effectively get it to the most number of people? That's great. Thank you. What what happens with the politicians when they come in? They well, don't have an I, understanding I'm, of your I, business. I'm sure. I'm an ex county commissioner, so I <laughs> uh, I think I've seen a little too much. But it really has helped me in trying to help others. Mm-hmm. And uh, I I was active in four or five campaigns in the last election, and all but one of them was successful. And I don't really understand why the one wasn't, but uh, he should have been. He's doing a good job. But. So um, we've done a lot through mailing. We've done a lot through focusing of messages. And that's, you know, that's not any different whether you're campaigning or you're creating a business. I can speak from my own experience that I have no creative juices. So I've always had to depend upon people like you to provide that creative touch on information that I wanted to transmit to people. Otherwise, it'd just be plain old... plain old copy and nobody would ever read it. Right. And, you know, the the important thing there, Johnny, to touch on that a little bit, is that we have so many different avenues of marketing these days. There's everything from mailing to internet to brochures to printed materials. And all of those need to work together to be effective. We are only one part of that, but but it all works as one when you do it well. You're, you're spreading out your services, though. You said something before about some new directions you're taking. Well, we've been um, printing for uh, secure printing for banks. So we're printing statements, and we have uh, a highly secure room, and uh, we do everything from soup to nuts for them in terms of printing it, inserting it, mailing it. And if I'm That's a bank, I don't need to worry about the other banks that you're doing work with? Um, no, you don't. Okay. Um, we we are very, you know, all that goes through compliance and all those things. Uh, we don't even let somebody, anybody else's information touch yours. So you could so. actually coordinate all of these disparate uh, medias uh, into one message then, whether it's on the Internet or whether it's a mail out or what. We're doing a website now for a, a governmental candidate, yeah. I know that a on a typical mailer, the old fashion way through the post office, you you expected a response rate of about one percent. Is it better on the internet or worse on the internet? Well there's or other it, mediums. Uh it's much worse on the internet. Uh Johnny, there you can either do it targeted where you're going after a certain demographic and you're you're king, let's say you're a homeowner that owns a house that's over a hundred thousand dollars. That's one type of demographic. Uh, but if all you're doing is mailing to every homeowner you're going to lower your um, response rate, but you're going to have more of it. Mm-hmm. So it's um, we, we tend to do more focused, uh, targeted marketing when we do it. That's the best use of their money. Isn't it? it is. It is. So it's it's more per mailer, but it's still less than for an overall cost. How's your uh, involvement been with um – over the years with organizations like Rotary and Chamber of Commerce? Well, I've done my time. I was president of Rotary three years ago or so, three or four years. It's been a while. Um, but um, those are real. Every contact you make, every networking you can do is important. 
Thank you. And and we appreciate uh, your input. And it's been a pleasure to have you here. We're going to take a quick break and we'll look to you in a minute or so. Don't go away. Welcome back. This is Hal and Johnny at BusinessWorks with Tom Short of Trademark Printing. Tom has been um, sitting here and giving us some insight about his business and about uh, the area in general and what's been changing and not changing. And Johnny had a question during the break I thought might be useful to ask uh, Thanks, right Hal. Uh, Tom, I was, I was intrigued by this uh, secure mailing, you called it. Yes, sir. I didn't know you all did that. So do you, do you do it to more than just banks? Well, it's a, it's a process that we're able to do for just about any large volume mailer. It involves the printing and insertion and mailing of whatever it might be, whether it's an invoice, a statement, uh, a recall notice, those sorts of things, to generally larger volume mailers. And we're trying to expand that part of our business as we're the only ones in the Upper Cumberland that are that are available to do this process. So what kind of security measures do you take with respect to the people that are working in this area? Well, everything is under lock and key. There is, there's a visual camera system. Um, everybody is scrutinized in terms of working there and signing non-disclosures, that sort of thing. Right. And we don't allow anybody in the room, the actual room itself, without tracking them and keeping track of them coming and going. Okay. So it's not like a normal mailer. You might set it out the front desk or something like that. It's no, it's not. much more controlled. It is. And I okay. understand you can't even bring a ham sandwich with you or something. Is that? You can. <laughs> if it's All good. Right. What, what's the most important lesson, Tom, that you've learned uh, about customer service? I think it deals with consistency and uh, with treating people the way, you know, the golden rule, but certainly consistency. And so, um, you know, as with any employees and an employer, you try to train that into folks. In other words, I know they're not going to be me, but I but I want them to reflect what I feel is important. And so we we have production meetings twice a week to ensure just that, to ensure so, that so it, what you're there saying is, is also continuity. So it applies also to motivating employees and hiring and firing. and Absolutely. Not just customer service, but so it's all of that. What about his culture? We've been talking about culture yes. earlier. Do you have a culture in your business, and how have you maintained it, or just, how have you uh, set that culture up, and how do you maintain it? Well, I don't want to say that it's osmosis, Johnny, but it's, it's a long-term read, I think, that our Probably the, uh, well, we have a couple of fairly new employees, but this is because this business has grown. The core of our employees have been with us a minimum of six years, the longest almost 20 now. And that's what gives that continuity. They know what I'm thinking before it even comes out of my mouth after a while, you know, so because they've been with us. When you hire people, do you talk to them about this culture and making sure that they are in agreement with the culture so that they the new people don't change what the old people have already learned? It's hard to define what makes culture. Uh, sometimes something as little as uh, you seeing a piece of paper on the floor and walking past it versus picking it up can become culture. It can. Uh, if, if it can become a negative culture or a positive culture, depending on what you provide, what you expect. So we try to expect consistently 
and then train to that. Okay, thank you. All right, Tom, what what would you share of interest to uh, young people just starting out or to, as I said earlier, uh, retirees uh, coming into the marketplace? So in terms of getting a business up and running and making it go, from your experience? You know, I think small businesses have been sort of a stepchild. We have just expected that they would take care of themselves and I'm hoping that we're we're turning the corner a little bit where we're starting to really nurture them and to grow them. Uh, uh, you know, there's incubators started. That's a good sign. But I think people have to start small and start generally with the things that they know. So you start with things that you're passionate about. Uh, you know, you, you think about the starting a, a lemonade stand. And I think I had one as a kid. I'm not positive, but I really think I did. And you, you start at at that age and you just, you know, as parents, you encourage it. And then as young adults, you maintain it. And pretty soon it's a restaurant instead of a lemonade stand. I, and I and that's a, the way it grows. I ran into a lemonade stand recently and they wanted my credit card. And then I offered it and they said, oh, we only take the chip cards. <laughs> so it's, a, you know, there's a statement about uh, the changes over time. It's pretty amazing, really. Uh, Tom, what we did is we decided we weren't good at making lemonade. So we set up a toll road on Fisk Road and we put a rope across the, the, <laughs> there and tied it to the mailbox. And we were doing good. We'd stop people and charge them a nickel or a dime to come through our toll road. And we were really going to get rich. And then this pickup truck saw that rope and just floored it. And we couldn't get it off the mailbox fast enough. So he jerked down the mailbox and everything. And we had to explain to Dad why we tore down the mailbox. Well, this is funny, but I told a story last week. Uh, when I was a kid, I, was, I grew up in Hawaii. And my parents had a furniture business. And I would go collect coconuts and sell it to them for a dime. And they'd sell it to tourists for $2 a piece. And that was one of my first businesses. Yeah, there you go. The profit motive moves people, doesn't it? It does. Tom, so, it's been great to have you here yeah, today. Yeah, really. Uh, Thank, thank you. you for taking the time. Very nice of you to come over. We appreciate it. And I want to just mention, uh, for, for those of you who are interested and would like to be in touch with Tom directly, you can send him an email at tom at trademarkprinting.net. And his phone number over there, um, 931 Five two zero, three four, two one. At least that's on one of his cards. Let's say we have Thank the other. You, sir. <laughs> it's the number on both. So, um, if you have any questions, you can contact him directly or send an email to hal at businessworks.us anytime. We look forward to seeing you again next week and have a great week ahead.